distance balls. Sure, they go far, but do they do anything else? The new ERC Soft does. Callaway completely reinvented the way a distance ball performs. Engineered with a new, fast, hybrid cover and a graphene-infused dual soft-fast core, it's a new kind of distance ball, one that actually feels soft and spins more. And once you're on the green, ERC Soft's triple track technology will help you dial in your alignment. Get Callaway's longest ball with soft feel today at callawaygolf.ca. Having been relegated to a shadow of its former self, the Bloc Québécois has surprised many this election by making a resurgence. This is especially problematic for the Liberals and the Conservatives whose hopes for winning a majority government hinge on more seats in Quebec. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. I talk with the National Post's Maura Forrest on why the Bloc is back, what issues they're pushing, and how the larger parties are responding. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to this podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. And please leave us a rating and a review. So, Maura, as we're into the last week of the election campaign, a lot of the focus has now turned to Quebec. And that's especially true after uh, the English and French leaders debates last week. Why is it that we're now starting to talk a little bit more about what's going on in La Belle Provence? Quebec is sort of known for being a bit unpredictable during federal elections. You can see these huge swings kind of very suddenly in Quebec. I mean, you think back to 2011 when we saw the NDP orange wave that just sort of swept through the province and and brought the NDP to official opposition for the first time. So it's certainly an unpredictable province. And what we're seeing this time is something equally uh, unpredictable. I don't think anyone really saw this coming. And that is that the Bloc Québécois are having a bit of a resurgence. And I think this really began actually in the first French language debate, which was hosted by uh, um, the French-speaking uh, television network TVA in Quebec. Yves-François Blanchet, the Bloc Québécois leader, had a very strong performance during that debate. And he really saw a bump in the polls uh, following that debate, a pretty significant bump in the polls. So he carried that through to uh, last week's English and French language debates. You know, obviously, English is not his first language, uh, didn't have quite as strong a performance during the English language debate, but held his own. And then, you know, had another good performance in, in, the, uh, in, the, French, in the final French language debate on Thursday. Really now what we're seeing is uh, the Bloc Québécois in a position where they're shooting up in the polls. Uh, they are positioned to potentially take you know, far more seats than anyone was really expecting they might at the beginning of this campaign. And that's causing some real problems for the liberals and conservatives. Yeah, it was really interesting to see, you know, compared to the English language debate when there was a lot of focus on Andrew Scheer from Justin Trudeau and even from uh, Blanchet himself how much the liberals really went at the Bloc Québécois leader, uh, Justin Trudeau, uh, was really trying to make it a, a battle between uh, his party and uh, Blanchet's party. That's right. I, I think, um, you know, we've really seen both Justin Trudeau and Andrew Scheer recognize that the Bloc is a real opponent uh, in this race. And for Justin Trudeau, I mean, the Bloc Québécois is a real threat here. Uh, the Liberals, if they had any chance of keeping a majority, really needed to pick up seats in Quebec in order to uh, compensate for losses elsewhere in the country. And at this point, the Bloc polling where it's at right now uh, may mean that the Liberals are not able to make any gains. They could even end up with fewer seats in Quebec than the 40 they have now. Uh, 
that means that the odds of a liberal majority are significantly lower. And uh, and so you're seeing Justin Trudeau really responding to that in the debates, trying to appeal to Quebecers by saying, listen, if you elect the Bloc Québécois, you will be, your representatives will be in opposition. You need to elect liberals if you want to defeat a conservative government. And if you want to have a seat at the decision-making table, you need to elect a strong liberal government. Um, he's also been trying to sort of paint Yves-François Blanchet and the Bloc Québécois as kind of a relic, you know, this is a separatist party that continues to dredge up old fights uh, that we don't want to have anymore. Uh, Quebecers aren't really interested in independence right now. Um, you know, we need to move forward. And those are the kinds of uh, attacks that he's throwing at Yves-François Blanchet. And Andrew Scheer, likewise, is, is trying to make similar arguments, saying, you know, if you, if you don't want the liberals to win again, you need to vote for a conservative uh, representative. So how much does the the French factor come into play here? Obviously, Blanchet and uh, Justin Trudeau very comfortable is uh, going head to head in French, as does uh, People's Party of Canada leader Maxime Bernier. But when you look at the, the three other party leaders, are they kind of at a disadvantage? Even uh, Andrew Scheer, who was Speaker of the House, and I, I've heard him do French interviews, he seems fairly proficient in the language, but... Does is he at a bit of a disadvantage in that debate last week? Yeah, very much so. You know, I, Andrew Scheer can speak decent French, but he is not fluent, and um, and he comes across as often a bit insecure in French, um, perhaps a bit nervous. And you really saw this actually in the first French language debate, the TVA debate, where he was his performance was sort of universally panned by commentators in Quebec. He he was on the defensive uh, through a lot of the debate. He was not able to get his messages across effectively. He's not he doesn't seem to be able to be aggressive enough in French a lot of the time. So he really needed to to uh, to do better in the English language debate last week. And I think he, you know, he did to some degree. He was uh, certainly more assertive. And I think he managed to carry that over a little bit into the French language debate on Thursday. I think he he did a better job of making himself heard and uh, and getting his points across. But it's a huge disadvantage for uh, for anyone trying to debate in their second language. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Jagmeet Singh also, I think his French is a little more comfortable than Andrew Shears, but, you know, it's still harder for him. And Elizabeth May as well, the Green Party leader, she's she struggles quite a bit in French. So it definitely sort of stacks the cards in, the favor, of, in, in favor of the party leaders who can speak the language of the debate uh, as their first language. Now, going into this election... What's the political landscape like in Quebec? I know the Liberals had the most seats uh, with 40. The NDP were second, the Conservatives in third. And you were saying the bloc has kind of had fallen away and, and no one expected them to have a bit of a resurgence. So going into this campaign, how did things look for the bloc and uh, the uphill battle that they were facing? Yeah. So if you, again, if you go back to 2011, when you saw this NDP wave that swept, I think, 59 of 75 seats in Quebec at the time, the party that really suffered the most from that was the Bloc Québécois. They had previously been a pretty important force in the House of Commons in the upwards of sort of 40-ish seats, I think. And after 2011, they were just decimated. They won four seats in the entire province in 2011. And then in the last election, 2015, they 
they managed to get 10, but, you know, still a pretty small caucus. And they've kind of been plagued by quite a lot of infighting over the last uh, several years. Since 2011, they've gone through a series of leaders. Their last leader, Martine Ouellet, was uh, very unpopular. In fact, the majority of the caucus at a certain point last year revolted and quit the caucus, saying that, you know, they didn't like her leadership style and also that she was too single-mindedly focused on separation. And they wanted, they, you know, realizing that that separation is not top of mind for a lot of Quebecers right now. A lot of Quebecers aren't looking for a referendum tomorrow. Um, they felt that her focus was not quite right. They wanted to be focusing more on defending Quebecers' values, but not just separation. So she eventually resigned. The caucus reformed after that. And then they elected this new leader, or he was acclaimed, actually. He was the only one who wanted the job, um, Yves-François Blanchet, <laughs> in January of this year. And uh, and he has really he, he's done a, a good job so far. I mean, he's managed to rebuild his party. He's gotten a lot of young candidates uh, throwing their hats in the ring in this election. And he is a pragmatist. So he instead of focusing sort of unilaterally on separation, he's trying to position the party as, you know, wanting to defend Quebecers values on climate change and, you know, environmental issues uh, and that sort of thing. So he is doing a fairly good job at kind of renewing the Bloc Québécois and making it appear that they have sort of a new offer for Quebecers that's not just about separation. So yeah, it's not it's not like let's have a referendum next year. It's we want to bring Quebec issues to the table nationally and the national parties aren't equipped to do that. Is that fair? Yeah, that, I think that's very much the case. He's also um, very strategically kind of aligned himself with the Quebec provincial government under François Legault, the CAQ government, which is a right-leaning government. It's not traditionally sort of where the bloc would align itself. The bloc has traditionally been connected with the the separatist Parti Québécois mm -hmm. in Quebec. But the CAQ, the CAQ government is very popular. And so Yves-François Blanchet has sort of aligned his party with the demands of that government and is sort of uh, benefiting, I think, to some degree from that association. They know how to hitch their wagons to something that's popular. Basically, that's right. And I mean, he's, you know, he's uh, I think he has benefited from the debate around Bill 21, this very controversial secularism law in Quebec. The provincial premier has been adamant that he wants the federal parties to stay out of this. The Bloc Québécois has been saying we are the only federal party that supports this law. Uh, the other federal leaders, you know, Justin Trudeau may get involved in a court challenge. The other leaders, even if they say they won't, they don't they don't like the law. They don't support it. But we, the Bloc Québécois, we understand the values of Quebecers. We support this law. And he thinks that'll be, you know, the one of the defining uh, pieces that separates him from the other party leaders. The fact that even though the others may not get involved in it, I know Jagmeet Singh has taken some heat for not being clear on his position as to whether he would get involved or or wouldn't get involved. The Andrew Scheer, the conservative leader, has said we're going to stay out of it. Blanchet is hoping to uh, convince people that that's not enough. That that supporting the law is what's best for Quebecers in this case. Yeah, he says that the other leaders, maybe they're going to tolerate the law, but they don't like it. And we, the Bloc Québécois, are the only party that actually wants to defend, uh, you know, Quebec values in that regard. 
Beyond that, I mean, François Legault, the Quebec premier, early in the campaign put out a list of demands that he wanted all the federal leaders to to adopt. So one of them was not getting involved in uh, any legal challenge of Bill 21. Another one was uh, greater control over immigration in Quebec. Uh, There was another that was related to expanding Quebec's language laws. So several different demands and the different parties, the NDP and the Conservatives have sort of agreed to, you know, one or two of those demands. But the Bloc Québécois is the only party that has said, uh, yes, we, you know, we support all of these. Uh, And so there again, you know, Yves-François Blanchet is able to sort of present himself as, you know, the real defender of Quebec values. Now, who is this coming at the expense of this resurgent Bloc? Is it the, the Liberals? Is it the conservatives? Who stands to lose the most with the success of Blanchet? Uh, you know, kind of everybody. <laughs> so the, uh, I mean, of course, the NDP, this has been the case for a while. The NDP is really looking at uh, pretty well a complete collapse in Quebec uh, this time around. They'll, you know, they're fighting to just to keep a few of their uh, seats in the province right now. And certainly some of those seats are being targeted by the bloc. Some of them almost certainly will go to the bloc. But the liberals and conservatives were both really counting on Quebec. If either of them was going to have a chance of a majority government, they needed more seats in Quebec. As I mentioned before, the liberals needed to to pick up more than the 40 that they have right now. Uh, the conservatives have 11 at the moment. They also needed to uh, break out. Their, their strength is around Quebec City, and they needed to kind of break out beyond Quebec City and and take some other ridings um, sort of in the more rural regions between Montreal and Quebec. And so... You know, both parties are really threatened in that regard by the Bloc Québécois. It really decreases the likelihood of a majority government. A majority conservative government was already very unlikely, but mm-hmm. a liberal majority at this point is is looking less and less likely. Recent polls suggest that the Bloc could take even in the 30s in terms of the number of seats. Who knows if that will be borne out, mm-hmm. but you know that could put them within spitting distance of the liberals in terms of seat count in Quebec which is just really not what anyone expected going into this campaign how many seats are there up for grabs in Quebec so there's 78 seats uh, in the province right now at the dissolution of parliament the liberals had 40 the conservatives had 11 the ndp had 14 and the bloc had 10 and then of course you've got Maxime Bernier the leader of the people's party who has his riding in the bose he was elected there as a conservative and is now trying to win the riding again um, as leader of the people's party but he doesn't appear to be a factor in kind of the the overall race for winning the most seats in Quebec at this point. Oh, not at all. I think he's got a fight on his hands just to keep his own riding. I think it'd be very, very unlikely that he'll take any others. Maura, thanks for your time. Thank you. 10-3 is produced by Carson Jarama. Additional production from David Rudin. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Maura Forrest. More from her at nationalpost.com. I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. <laughs>